Welcome to Office Hours, a social science podcast produced by the Society Pages at the University of Minnesota. Join us for conversations with prominent scholars, writers, and researchers as we discuss their ideas. In this episode, guest hosts Amber Powell and Allison Nobles talk to Associate Professor of Sociology at Occidental College, Lisa Wade, about her book, American Hookup, The New Culture of Sex on Campus. The conversation focuses on interrogating what hookup culture really is, and how college students make sense of themselves and their positions within and excluded from the culture. Using students' self-reported experiences with sex on campus, Wade is able to narrate the complexities involved in navigating this hookup culture. Well, uh, thank you very much, Dr. Wade, for being with us today. We're really happy to have you for office hours. Uh, what we would want, The first question we wanted to ask you was uh, a lot of the uh, details that you talk about in your book, they come from students' personal accounts. And so how are you able to get students to open up in such a personal way about their sex lives? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, you know, so I, the way I collected my data is I, I asked students in my classes mm-hmm. to uh, submit, um, I mean, there's, there's kind of a di- a several different ways of thinking about it. Like, they were kind of diaries, mm-hmm. but they were also kind of field notes. Uh, I like to think about them as uh, autoethnographies. So I asked them to spend the semester, um, and once a week, they would, they would just send to me at least a page's worth of thoughts about what was happening to them and what was going on in their lives and around them to their friends. Um, I asked them to do this. I told them about this project on the first day of class. <laughs> Most of them, had, none of them had ever met me before. <laughs> I asked for the consent form on the second day of class. Um, and I asked 110 students to do the project and 101 said yes. Wow. So that, that is worth, what's worth thinking about. Um, I think that, I think that young people are not as nervous about talking about sexuality as maybe, uh, older generations were. Um, and I think I'm lucky that I seem reasonably trustworthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, maybe they have bad judgment. I don't know. They're a freshman. <laughs> but, um, and, and I think they were also really excited to be actually wrestling with the ideas. Mm-hmm. And the, the students that were most actually nervous about participating in the project were the students that weren't having sex. Mm-hmm. Uh, by far, most of the concern was people who were saying, I'm afraid I won't have anything to say to you. I'll, I'll just be so boring. I can't help you. And so I really tried to impress upon them that I was really interested in what it was like for them in hookup culture, too. And so then they did this for a whole semester, and they didn't always tell me their most harrowing stories right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Um, they, that sort of came out slowly. So middle or end of the semester, I started getting some of the more intense and personal uh, stories. Um, And so I think the fact that we did it for a few months really helped. I think it helped in that they kind of got practice at writing and thinking about, and they got into the habit, so it became less weird. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And they also came to trust me more and more as the semester went along. So I was really impressed by how transparent and honest and earnest they were, how insightful they were, and it was really that that made me decide to write the book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really awesome. Um, so the term hookup 
though for some it's still kind of an ambiguous term. So if you want to tell us maybe like what is a hookup and how is it different from hookup culture more broadly? Well, hookup, hookup is an ambiguous term um, for students too. Mm-hmm. And m- most of them would probably agree that it involves some kind of sexually charged activity that uh, is not intended to have any future romantic or sexual involvement. Uh, that's not always true, but that's kind of the, the idea. And a lot of students would agree that even just making out would count. A good, you know, heavy makeout session would count as a hookup. Um, and then, of course, uh, as, as the sexual intimacy ascends according to the sexual script, all of that would, would count as well. Uh, so it's pretty ambiguous. You never quite know, unless it happens in public, uh, what two people did without asking. Uh, that behavior, these kind of like sexually charged moments between two people, that's been going on, you know, for the whole history of time. <laughs> um, since sex was invented, I assume, by the amoebas in the swamp. <laughs> um, so there's nothing particularly uh, new about that. Um, a hookup culture, though, does seem to me new on college campuses. There have been hookup cultures uh, in, in other 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 places, other spaces, amongst other populations. But on college campuses, it's new. And the difference is that it, it used to be that hooking up was something that you could do on college campuses, and now it's something you should do. And so it's that idea that, that the right way to do college is to be having these casual sexual encounters, but also the, the uh, institutionalization of the script so that there's a pattern of, of interaction that facilitates hooking up and um, an institutional st- institution at the level of the college or university. So the ways in which the, the, it, the college actually builds into its rhythms and architectures uh, this ability to hook up. Uh, so it's uh, the culture is the uh, with the idea that it should be happening. You should do it. Um, plus the scripts for interaction and the, and the institutionalization. And so why did some students opt to not do, to engage in hookups? Uh, you talked a little bit about sexual minorities and um, uh, uh, racial and ethnic minorities feeling, uh, some racial and ethnic minorities feeling uh, a little outed from that, uh, um, from that process. Can you talk a little bit about that? Well, yeah. So, to begin with, it's important to differentiate between the culture and the behavior because the behavior is not nearly as common as, as we might think. The culture is hegemonic on most, essentially all campuses as far as we know um, that aren't strongly religious, like evangelical schools and Mormon schools or, or not our commuter schools. Like we don't see it where there's no residence halls. But if there's a residence hall, um, private, public, large, small, Midwest um, coasts, uh, religiously affiliated or not, we tend to see a hookup culture. So those are very hegemonic, and yet um, the behavior is not as common as we think. So a third of students will graduate from college, and they'll be reporting zero total hookups. That's a lot of opting out, right? Um, and then the average number of hookups that we see for graduating seniors is eight. Even if you look at the top 10%, the 10% of students who are hooking up the most, that 90th percentile number is 10 so, so the behavior is actually um, not nearly as common as the culture might lead us to believe. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of people aren't hooking up. Um, a handful of them are not hooking up for religious reasons. That's not that common. Um, 
most even most religious students don't really think it's sinful to mm-hmm. make out with somebody, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or even do more than that. Um, only 5% of people are virgins on their wedding day these days. So um, most students that are that believe themselves to be religious, they, they participate in hookup culture. Um, some people opt out because they think it's hopeless. So they feel like, you know, they're not attractive enough, or suave enough to have somebody want to hook up with them, and they, they opt out to protect themselves from rejection. Um, but... The major, the main reason that people don't hook up is because um, they don't like how it goes down. It just doesn't look attractive to them, mm-hmm. and or they realize that it's not really designed for them. And that gets back to the race and sexual orientation question. Mm-hmm. So you pick any hierarchy in America: race, class, um, gender, disability, um, gender identity. And sexual orientation, mm-hmm. and whoever's at the bottom of that social hierarchy is hooking up less than their counterparts. Mm-hmm. And it, each of those is a different story, right? Mm-hmm. Why that would be, uh, but it's hookup culture is definitely something that is most aggressively promoted by students that are at the apex of all those social hierarchies, and most um, actively participated in by those groups. Mm-hmm. Uh, sexual minorities often feel like at best they're tolerated in hookup culture spaces because it's hyper heterosexualized um, or they feel like they're being mocked like when girls can kiss other girls as long as they're straight <laughs> but not if they're gay uh, or they feel actually threatened um, by that environment um, students of color depending on the way in which their race and gender intersect often feel that they're either sort of rejected from hookup culture or fetishized in a way that's creepy. Um, So we see that, um, for example, black women and Asian men feel like they are so low in the erotic marketplace that they're, that they uh, feel excluded. Um, And so that doesn't mean that all black women and Asian men don't participate, but we see those averages coming out of that. Uh, So yeah, all of those social hierarchies are at play. The erotic marketplace is shaped by uh, all of our social hierarchies. So uh, we see all those dynamics. Same thing we see in America in general. So what about the students that do participate, though? Why why did they choose to participate in hookup culture? Oh, for all kinds of reasons. So, <laughs> so I don't know, somewhere between 15 and 25% of students. And I, I hedge on that because I think that some students... Some students love hookup culture. They love it the whole time. They would they would love to do it forever and ever. It's like the best thing that ever happened to them in their life. And we know that the more they hook up, the higher their health, their self-esteem, the better their well-being. They really thrive. Um, then there's some who have some period of time in college where they feel like that. And then maybe they feel differently later. That's why I kind of hedge on that. But, you know... A, a substantial minority of students really just love it, which is fine. Um, a lot of other students are really curious. They really want to know what it feels like. They, they, they are sexual, so they're turned on by their peers, and they, they want to do it. And they're not sure if they're going to like it or not, um, or what it's going to be like, but, but they're curious. Um, there's the pleasure of doing something for the first time that you know you, you're supposed to do and everyone is supposedly excited by, right? So um, in the same way, like it's the first time you see the ocean or the, the first time you eat some weird food, I don't know, like 
people, there's the, it's, it's fun to do something for the first time. Uh, I had some students who had their first kiss in hookup culture, and they were ecstatic, right? Um, there's also the pleasure of developing skills. Um, so sex is something that's important in the world. 50% of them are virgins when they get to campus. They don't have a lot of sexual experience, so uh, they get to practice getting better at something. And again, it's kind of like a human universal that it's fun to be good at something. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so there's there's a lot of, a lot of you know, reasons why students are kind of attracted to that. There's also a lot of pressure to do it. Um, there's the sense that uh, the only, that if you don't want to do it, then somehow you're repressed. So nobody wants to feel like they're a prude or like they're like repressing themselves or not liberated, right? Or like weirdly attached or emotional. Nobody wants to feel um, like they're sort of doing it wrong. So there's a lot of effort to conform that's based on that. Um, And in a lot of ways, being chosen as a hookup partner, especially by someone that other people would want to hook up with, is really rewarding. It's strongly rewarding, right? Because it's all about, it's it's a measure of your value in the eyes of your peers. And as much as we say, like, we shouldn't care what other people think. Of course we do. <laughs> of course we do. And not only that, but it's it's essential to be able to get other people's social approval if we're going to be successful in life in any arena, right? So sex is kind of one of the ways that's playing out on college campuses. Students practicing how to impress their peers and be seen as uh, worthwhile. And um, for heterosexual men and women, that tends to play out in various different ways right like so for heterosexual women um they often feel like their ability to be valuable means being able to be sexually attractive to male peers and so um men's sexual attention fills that void that's caused by fear and so some 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 of it is driven by that and um for men there's just a lot of pressure to be sexually active that's you know same old thing we've been seeing for decades so um it's an affirmation of their masculinity uh, when they participate so it, there's a lot of a lot of reasons why people are participating so many of the implicit rules of hookup culture seem to normalize sexual activity without explicit consent do you think that the rules of hookup culture then perpetrate perpetuate rape culture so let's back up for a second <laughs> um so hookup culture is the idea that students should be having sex without emotional attachment. Mm-hmm. And um, that's tricky, right? Because everybody knows that sex often has emotional attachment involved, including students. And most of them will want, if not at that point, at some point in their lives, to have really meaningful sex. Mm-hmm. I mean, sex is the only thing that we describe as making love, right? It's like mm-hmm. it's like the one the one thing that can make love out of thin air. It's, <laughs> it's a deeply meaningful thing to do, right? And so, but but on college campuses, it's not supposed to be meaningful. Mm-hmm. So I think that this is a collective achievement. How do you collectively perform meaningless sex? Like, what does that look like? Mm-hmm. Um, it's not automatic. So uh, they have a bunch of strategies that hookup culture offers to them to sort of perform meaninglessness. And unfortunately, 
uh, what it turns into is this assertive carelessness. So the sex itself is supposed to be careless in the sense that it's unconsidered, it's unplanned, it's supposed to be spontaneous, um, so that nobody can say you you like meant it when you did it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but it's also supposed to be void of care. So you're not supposed to pick the person to hook up with because you like them. You're supposed to pick them because they're hot mm-hmm. and your friends will be impressed. And so, you, so if you're not having sex with people you like... Um, it creates this environment where you're supposed to actually not just perform um, neutrality, but perform distance from the person that you're hooking up with. It, so if, if, if you want to like put it on a spectrum, right, and this is a little oversimplifying it, but if on one end we have sex that's deeply about care, right, the, the making love kind of stuff, um, that where, where two people are incredibly invested in one another, paying attention, um, completely wanting the other person to be present and have pleasure and like all this beautiful stuff. And on the other end of the spectrum, we have sexual assault, where the person does not care at all what the other person wants, does not even see the other person as a human being, right? Then hookup culture is telling students to back away from the love side to back away from that toward the other side. Mm -hmm. And that opens the door for not just sex that's careless and void of care, but sex that starts to border on callous Mm -hmm. and uncaring. And it's perfectly within the rules of hookup culture to be cruel because you're not supposed to care at all about that other person. And so students are backing up into sexual assault. and then they're getting super drunk, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? So um, I'm afraid that the, the the fact that we've conflated casual and careless mm-hmm. has led to a situation that um, makes such makes it such that the, the the sexual script is really rubbing right up against criminal sexual assault, mm-hmm. and it's you have to be very savvy and careful and on top of things. Um, and not too drunk to be able to, to be able to actually do that without sometimes falling over that line. Um, so hookup culture then ends up camouflaging the, the genuine sexual predators on campus, who are doing something that looks a heck of a lot like the, the normal hookup script. Um, but it also puts students at risk of, of going from careless to callous to cruel to criminal. Uh, especially when they're not um, particularly sober. Uh, and, and so I really think it, it, it's a rape culture for that reason. It, it facilitates sexual assault, um, and it makes sexual assault-like behaviors look totally normal. Um, but as we keep thinking about what's this sort of acute danger on campus, we need to be thinking not just about how students are at risk of being assaulted, but about how hookup culture puts students at risk of assaulting mm-hmm. their peers. Both of those things are risks, and both of those things are tragedies. So maybe on a little bit of a lighter note, um, in your introduction, one thing that really stuck out to me was that you said that students really have a lot to teach us about sex, and that's something that maybe maybe older people might not think that that's possible. You know, they haven't had a lot of experience, but can you 
say more about like what either you learned or what you think that the students you talk to can teach us about sex and maybe what that means for like the future of sex or relationships. Well, I, part of the reason the book got titled American Hookup is because uh, I think that everything that's wrong with sex on campus is wrong with America. <laughs> it's a microcosm in which to sort of analyze um, a lot of American America's um, like the, the ways in which it's it's sick or ill, right? Um, and not just in a sexual way, but certainly sexually as well. So I think that anybody who read the book would recognize a lot of the dynamics that are going on. Um, and so in that sense, I think that, that we everybody can learn from it. But also, students are kind of at this moment of heightened reflection, like real intensity, where they're suddenly dropped into this brand new world. Um, they're sec- they have become sexual only quite recently um, in the big scheme of things. Um, and they're t- really trying to figure out their place in the world, uh, their relationship to other people, the role of sex in their lives, um, their values and the logics that are available and how to use them, and which ones make sense to them. So they're at this moment of heightened reflection. And I think a lot of us uh, get too busy, or well, not too busy, but we get busy doing other things and we have lots of other things to worry about and so do students. But um, I think I appreciate the fact that, that they are spending more time than your average adult worrying about these issues. And they're wrestling with very serious, complicated ideas, um, very often very carefully, and in ways that feel very consequential to them. And so I think that um, they're a good reminder about about what's at stake and, um, and how difficult some of the decisions we make are. And so moving forward, what research still needs to be done in the area? Oh, I mean, <laughs> I mean a lot. Um, I, I'm particularly interested in thinking about the relationship between hookups as a behavior, hooking up as a script, and hooking up as a culture. Um, so so um, the behavior is kind of available to any one of us that can find someone who's willing to participate. I feel like the script, you know, I get asked a lot about Tinder and Grindr, um, and I feel like that's a way in which the script becomes manifested in technology, right? So Tinder is kind of the hookup script in the palm of your hand. And if you don't live, if you live in a hookup culture, you don't need Tinder. You just walk outside and go to the place where everybody's hooking up, right? Mm -hmm. But um, if you don't live in a hookup culture, Tinder kind of brings you the script and and attaches you to other people who might want to follow the script with you. So it's very useful in that way um, for people that don't live in the cultures. And I'm curious about the degree to which um, hookup culture, as insofar as it's entrenched itself on college campuses, uh, is then filtering out into the wider world. And if not making all of America a hookup culture, because that requires, hookup cultures require a certain kind of geographical and population density and like, you know, like-mindedness. But um, what does it mean if, if the script itself is filtering out of college, both out and up, right? What's it like now when the hookup script is so prominent in our minds and so easily accessible in our technologies? How is that changing our, our dating practices, our relationships? I'm, I think that we're, we're just starting to kind of look at that kind of thing. Um, 
I'm also really interested in thinking about using sexuality as a as a way to understand the relationship between our bodies and our wider cultures. So um, my students, I, I think that they um, came into college with pretty complicated and contradictory erotic habituses, if you will, right? Like, like they would have been exposed to all kinds of narratives about what sexuality is for, for fun, to, for empowerment and liberation, um, for love, for marriage, but also that sexuality is dangerous, but also pleasurable, right? There's like a lot of contradictory information that they are internalizing, not just like above the neck, right? But like viscerally. And then they come into hookup culture and um, there's this hegemonic story that says to be liberated, you must repress. To be, to be liberated and do, you have to repress everything else in there. And our bodies don't obey, right? They don't obey our frontal lobe. They don't obey the cultural toolkit, right? They're doing what they're doing. And so I, I'm interested in kind of thinking about um, how we can exploit sexuality as a place to try to understand better how culture works in our society and, and what the relationship is between our bodies as cultural objects um, and also um, our, our society as a cultural thing as well. Cool. Um, I'm just curious about if you have any advice for like younger scholars doing work in sexuality. Like I know it's maybe a little bit taboo to study sex in some ways, but like if you have any advice or how you can make sexuality sociological? Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't, I, yeah, I don't know if it's taboo or not. I guess I, I feel like it's not, but um, I'm so used to it. Um, I think that, like with any topic, right, um, if you are doing professional work in sociology, you have to convince your reader, your peers, um, that what you're doing is sociologically important. And that's all there is to it. You can study, you could study people that like to study ants, and if you can make a convincing case that there's something important sociologically to understand there, then then you'll get published in ASR, right? I mean, <laughs> it, 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 I think it's just like like any topic you want to study. Some of them seem inherently more important than others, but actually, that really risks us getting um, getting getting drawn into the topic instead of the, the theoretical contribution it could make. So mm -hmm. I think no matter what somebody is studying in sociology, the important thing is to make a case for why this is sociologically important. Mm -hmm. And I think sexuality is no different. Thank you for joining us today. That's my pleasure. This week's episode of Office Hours featuring Lisa Wade was produced by me, Matthew Aguilar-Champeau, as part of the Society Pages at the University of Minnesota. You can find more written content about the sociology of culture at the societypages.org.